0: Bishop Robinson is here today. Say, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm always excited to have Bishop Robinson with us because he not only just has the right spirit, but he just goes in a different flow than what we do. And we need to hear from the Lord through other people who are just going, just have a different revelation. But the cool thing is he is really living the life of Christ. He really is. But he's one of the founders of Jobs Partnership that we actually support as a, as a church. And I want to thank you if you're a regular giver to Northwest, you're actually financially supporting the ministry that he started 20 years ago this year, I believe. And, and what Jobs Partnership does is they help the underemployed to actually get greater employment and they train them through a free course that is worth about $15,000. And it happens about twice a year where they train people to actually elevate themselves to a better education, a better employment status. And it's really picking people up by the bootstraps to really to, to, to lift them out of poverty. It's a phenomenal thing. The other thing he does, of course, he runs a phenomenal church in town called Love Fellowship, and he's now planting another one in Indiana. That's right, it's in Indiana. And he'll t- maybe tell you a little bit about it, but Wow. So this guy's busy and we're like, we don't care how busy you are. Get yourself here because we need a word from the Lord. So will you welcome uh, Bishop Robinson this morning? Give him a huge Northwest. uh,
1: You already know that it's hard to say no to Pastor Peter with that accent and everything. It almost sounds like God is really talking to you at that moment. Uh, Bishop, we need you to come to Northern. Okay, I'm on my way, brother. And so, uh, but I'm excited to be here yet again and uh, just to hear about all that's going on. Are y'all excited about that? Come on now, y'all play with me for a little while. Are y'all really excited about that? I just want to declare over your life as a church that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man that all that God has prepared, prearranged, and preorchestrated for this ministry. And if you could catch that, you ought to just start shouting every day, God, I'm in expectancy of the great things that you have for us. Because each day you should be expecting God to do something exceeding abundantly above all you can ask, think, or even imagine. And here's what I want you to do in this season if you, for Pastor Peter And uh, Pastor Mark, I want you to dream big. Say that with me. Say dream big. big. I think sometimes we undercut what God wants to do in our lives because we think so small. We think it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And I told him in the earlier service, we're planning a church in Indiana. And the people are saying, well, Bishop, maybe we ought to just get a storefront. I said, well, no, what God wants to do is much bigger than a storefront. And just the other week, we just signed a lease on a building that's 12,000 square feet. Y'all just missed me. This is a church plant. 12,000 square feet. And not only did we sign that lease, but here's here, here's the power of it. The guy told me, I said, well, what did God tell you we're supposed to pay? He said, you're only supposed to pay a tithe, Bishop. I went over some of y'all too. So basically he says, if you bring in 5000 for the month, he said, you only owe me $500. <laughs> yeah. Somebody don't know the power of being a church plant. <laughs> so what I want you to get to get you to see and grab hold to everything that's getting ready to take place here at this church. You need to release your faith for bigger. You need to re- release your faith for more. And just like I told them, you need to understand everything that's needed is right here in the house. I'm gonna say it one more time. Everything that's needed is right where yeah. is right here in the house. So you just got to trust the fact that God is speaking to your leadership. And then you say, Pastor Peter, Pastor Mark, we on board with where you're taking us to. This is my friend. This is my brother. Amen. He, you know, I had to go all the way overseas to get me one, but he's my brother. <laughs> let's jump into the word of God. I'm excited about being here. Uh, once again, my wife stood in for me over at the ship this morning. Brother Willie B. who travels with me. Uh, he cold right now. My head cold. I ain't got no hair on it. and So, uh, so but let's go into the word of God. First uh, uh, John, chapter four, verses 17 through 19. Let me see if we can get two miracles in one day. Chapter 4, 17 says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he's first loved us. Do I got anybody here you in love with Jesus today? Oh, come on, y'all ought to do better than that. Anybody here you really love Jesus today? And the whole reason you love him is because he first loved you. I told him this morning that the great singer Dion Warwick and uh, Burt Bacharach came together and they put together a great hit back in the day that said, What the world needs now is love, sweet love. That's the only thing that there's just too little love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. Because the truth of the matter is, my friends, that everybody needs to feel love at some time. Everybody needs to feel that somebody cares about them. Am I talking right? And and when you feel somebody cares, care about you and they value you, you carry yourself a whole lot different. But this morning, I not only believe that the world, what the world needs now is love, but I believe that it's time for us to mature in the love of God. It's time for us to grow up, for the people of God to grow up and love the same way, with the same type of love that was on display by God. What type of love was on display by God? Well, God's love caused him to give his best. He gave us his best. Here it is, y'all. When we were at our worst. He gave us his best when we weren't even trying to to love him. Are you listening to me? Romans 5 and 8 says it this way. uh, For God commended his love toward us. He began to show you something before you were showing him something. And that while we were yet sinners tore up from the flow up, a wretch undone on our way to hell, that Christ died for us. I told him now y'all got to get it y'all got to roll with me now I thought I thought the, you know the, the later service had a little more energy, pastor Peter, but the earlier service outdoing y'all I'm telling you, but that was a good place to shout right there because you know that there's not anyone that you know that's willing to die for you in the state that you're in. And some of y'all are living pretty good, but if you ask your neighbor, will you die for me right now, they will be like, for real? (laughs) So you got to understand with me that this type of love that we must put on display to the world from us because it shows that just like God, we can see the value of people even when they can't see the value in themselves. Are you listening to me? You got to be able to look at people and see the way God sees them even when they can't see it in themselves. That's what the church got to get back to, Pastor Peter. Loving people the way God loves people. And he displayed it by loving you. When you were still jacked up. There was no hope for you. Matter of fact, you had nobody in your corner that was trying to push you along, saying you're gonna be okay. But God loved you in spite of that. Right, right, right here. I need the honest people in here who, who are just like I am. You would admit, y'all, that there's some folk that are just hard to love. Am I talking right? Now, if the hard-to-love person sitting next to you, just keep looking at me. Right? But some people are just hard to love. Some people, y'all, are even hard to like. Uh, look, now, now if you one of the ones, you, 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 you know, you don't know nothing about hard to love, you don't know how hard to like, you might want to just touch yourself. They say, that might be me. But today, y'all, today is the day that we're going to start working on growing or maturing in the love of God because the text today helps us to grasp and understand the maturation process. Look at somebody say, it's a process. Say it real loud. Say, "It's it's a process. It's powerful to understand that it's a process because many times, Pastor Peter, process is painful. Process it many times. Perch, because I got to learn how to hold back on some stuff that I really want to let go of. I really wanted to be snap, crackle, and pop with you. I really wanted to be on the oxygen channel, snap. But I got to mature in my love for you. Are you listening to me? Let's look at, oh uh, yeah, I feel y'all now. Let's look at verses 79 in 1 John chapter 4 where it says, Beloved, let us love one another. Woo! Just look at your neighbor. Don't say nothing to him. Just look at him like, mm, I'm supposed to love you.
2: <laughs> Let us love one another, for love is of who?
1: God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is
2: is love. Woo! He who does not love
1: does not know God. For God is love. I'm going to say it one more time. I heard you. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love in this love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Watch this. You know that you have started the maturation process when we have and you have the capacity to love one another. Woo! that means I got to the place where I could look beyond your faults. And you can look beyond my faults. And we still could love each other. That means, watch this. There's some days, me and my wife talk about this all the time. There's some days, girl, I love you, but I'm not liking you. <laughs> Anybody ever felt like that? Come on, y'all ought to be truthful with me up in here. There's some days where you love a person, but you don't really like them. If you've been married more than a couple of weeks and you pass your honeymoon, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 39 years in. I've been married now going on 39 years. 30, 39 years in, Pastor Peter. We, we love each other, but every day we're not liking each other. Somebody say, show you are right. Oh, you sit next her. I'm sorry. Watch this. Watch this. My, my wife's not here, so I, I guess I could talk freely. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this, watch this. But, but you started the maturation process when you could love one another. Watch this. And you accept the fact, here it is, that love is the identifier of those who are of God. When you accept the fact that love is the identifier, that's, that, that, that's, that's your ID card in the spirit that you are of God and that you really know God, would you do me a favor real quick? I need you to do this. Look at your neighbor. Ask them this question. Say, do you know God? Now, if they had to think about it, you might need to remind them, you know, how they're identified. Because watch this. If they are not loving, the answer is no. (laughs) Boy out the ballpark Wait, wait. Let, let me say this sometimes it's not if we know God the question becomes does God know us and God identifies us by the way you love come here reel y'all in on this one he identifies you that you're one of his by how you love on those who are around you now look at your neighbor again and say, neighbor, do you know God? No. Does God know you? Because if you're not loving, God doesn't know you because he's saying, I'm not in you. Who is it's quiet up in the Lord's church. This level of love, this level of love. I know this is not the pretty Valentine's, February message y'all wanted to hear. (sighs) It's not based on whether I like you. It's not based on what you did for me or not do to me. It's a love that says I belong to God and have been born of God. And what comes forth out of me is because I have his spirit in me. Do I got 10 of y'all who just hear I got God's spirit in me? Okay, okay, maybe some of y'all missed it. Uh, here, here's what You know you have a spirit in you because things you used to do, you don't do no more because the spirit of God is moving in your life in such a way that's taking residence inside of you. And now the way I respond to stuff is totally different. When I wasn't living with his spirit in me, Y'all probably wouldn't like me like the way you like me now. Are you listening to me? So I, I need you to give the Bible's clear. If I don't love, I do not know God. Because God is love. And I feel like there's some folk in here just like I am who will say you, you will say it, but you won't say it out loud. But you're saying, Bishop, <laughs> sounds like I need to mature in my love. Because I've been selective with how I love. I tried to pick and choose who I was going to love. I'm so glad God didn't just pick and choose whether or not he was going to love me. But that he so loved me, y'all ain't got it yet. Look at the neighbor and say, neighbor, he so loved me. Y'all still ain't got it yet. Say it again. Say, he so loved me. Watch this. Some of y'all like me. I'm from, you know, from the public school system up in Indiana. You know, I'm a little slow sometimes. But watch this. I had to ask myself the question, Brother Willie B., what is a soul love? And then when I finally grabbed it, God said, it's real simple, Robinson. A soul love means you were doing what you was doing. I said, so I still love you.
2: (laughs) Okay, okay.
1: So here we go, here we go. So what are you willing to give so that the love of God can be manifested here in the earth realm? Can I work that just a little bit more? They told me I got a little bit more time because there ain't no service after this one. It says in this love, verse 10, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the substitute to take my place for my sins. He did nothing wrong. I did everything wrong and he came and died for all my wrongs. Okay, you need to put yourself in there because you're looking at me like I'm such a bad guy. But you got to put yourself in there. He did nothing wrong. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. But by his stripes, we are healed. Look at your neighbor and say, "Name, I'm saved because of what Jesus did. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Oh, my God. Don't miss the text. Don't miss what it's saying. The text is telling us that a mature love. Here it is. Love's first without having the assurance that it will receive love back at the level it was released. I did this for you and you ain't do nothing back for me. That's the way we function. God says, I released my best without the assurance that you was going to give me your best. Are you listening? He loved us so much that he sent his son to be our substitute or to literally take our place. What does that mean, Bishop? It should have been me on the cross. He knew no sin, but paid the price we couldn't afford. For the wages of sin is what? But the gift of God. Thank God for the gift. The gift of God is eternal life. And here's what God tells us, Pastor Peter, if I'm able to love you at that level, all I'm asking you to do is to love one another. Come here, come here, come here. I see it. I see it. I don't even spend all my time talking about what's going on in the world without first looking at the church. It's only in the church, y'all, where we, we say we're saved, we sanctify, we're full of the Holy Ghost and Kentucky Fried. But, but we can't get along with one another in the church. Why are we upset about the world when we're not getting along in the air? Watch this. They're only uh, displaying what we're displaying inside the church. We stuck on a black thing. We stuck on a white thing. It's a Hispanic thing. It's an it's a Asian thing. Uh, we, we label ourselves. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. When God just said it's church. Somebody say it's church. Right? And so, I do need to send y'all an invoice over here. I, I need to sidetrack for a minute. I need to send y'all an invoice because Pastor Peter tore the church up so bad when he was over there. We had to demolish a building. But thank God somebody came along and said, We're going to help you rebuild. And so, uh, you know, just send a love offering, you know, maybe just send a tithe. You know. Now, watch this. But what I like about Pastor Peter, and I could joke with him like that, is because we become not just friends, we become covenant brothers in this. And it's not about that we're over in Holden Heights and You're here getting ready to move to the end of the 429. It's about how can we do kingdom work together to help impact the world? Not just Orlando, because it's bigger than Orlando. How can we impact the world together? And we intentionally spend time together and talk to one another. Y'all listening to me? But the church... Needs to get it together because we'll be segregated and separated and have labels on each other. And then we'll holler. We know God and that we're in love with God. But you're not in love with the person you sit next to. The text is powerful, y'all, because it appears to contradict itself, but it really does not. Because you have a mature, godly love. You will see the manifestation of God daily in your lives. Are you listening to me? Now watch this. Verse 12 through 14 says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. No one. uh, Is there anybody in here? You seen God? Right? You haven't seen God. But God said the way people could see me is by the way you love each other. Mm. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us a spirit and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent him. That means though I haven't seen him you'll know that I know him by the way I love. Because the text says love has been perfected, matured, completed in us. So understand when the fruit of the spirit begins to grow in your life you will get I can't help it. Mm-hmm. What you mean? I can't help it. Uh, I said I wouldn't do that, but now I find myself touching the untouchable, reaching the unreachable, loving on the unlovable. Why? Because the love of God is maturing and growing in me, and when that happens, then our lives become the testimony that there is a God that loves us and it is he who changed our life. Get this y'all you couldn't change your own life because if you could have you would have done it a long time ago but for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself it is the work of God lest any man can boast because if you could have saved yourself you would have talked about look at what I did But lastly, catch this. As your life becomes a testimony. Verse 17, once again, says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have the boldness of the day of judgment because as he is, so we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first Love us. Get this y'all, I'm out of here, got to go. God's love is what calls me to be the way I am. If you would have met me before his love, I told you earlier, you probably wouldn't have likened me. I couldn't change myself. As a matter of fact, y'all, I didn't want to change. I was enjoying my life. At least I thought I was. I was a drinking, cussing, sailor. 20 years trying to be all that a sailor could be. You look in the dictionary under drunk sailor, I was there. Are, are you listening to me? I, I'm sure that many of you have been good all your lives. But I got history to mind. But God loved me in spite of me. And he has caused his love to mature in me. And because of that, get this, As he is, so I am. Woo!
2: As he is, so I am. You ought to touch yourself and say, As he is, so I am.
1: Here's the last reason you really need to mature in the love of God. And that's because perfect love casts out all fear. And you need to know that fear involves torment. That means. You got to start getting up every day and confessing over your life, I'm full of God's love. Fear, you got to leave my house right now. Do I got about 10 of y'all who want to serve an eviction notice to fear today? Just say this with me. Say, I'm full of God's love. No, say it with some power. Say, I'm full of God's love. I'm full of God's love. Say, fear You must leave my house right now. You have an eviction notice to get on up out of here. You got to make up in your mind that you refuse, you refuse to live a tormented life. But allow the love of God to flow freely in your life. And that alone will produce peace in your life that will surpass your understanding. And here's the key. The cross is evidence that God loved us enough to send Jesus. And now, y'all, John 3.16 makes all the sense in the world to me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. I'm not real smart about a lot of things, but I realize everlasting is a mighty long time. So because of that, y'all, the song I learned in Vacation Bible School, the song I learned in Sunday school. My dad pastored the same church for 40 years. I'm a PK, messed up, but I'm still a preacher's kid. We know they're the worst ones anyway. So, But I learned some stuff, and I learned the song, Oh, How I Love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Why? Because He first loved me. And that love is what causes me to love other people. As Pastor Peter is coming, could y'all just do a couple of stanzas there with me?
2: Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. because he first loved me. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing his word. It sounds like music in my ears. The sweetest name on earth. I'm singing, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me.
0: Let's all stand. It's an important moment here because we know two things that we really learned this morning. One is that we have to receive God's love. If we want to have eternal life, there is no way to have eternal life but except by receiving God's love. But then there's an expectation that we actually now have to give God's love as well, as Bishop was saying. So if this is your first time here, maybe you've not made a commitment to Christ. Maybe you have in the past, but you have not given God's love and you can't identify yourself as a follower of Christ. Then this is the moment to do it. There's two ways that we make a confession of Christ. There's often, there's a a private confession which is what we do in our heart and then there's a public confession which is what you saw in baptism. But if you've never really made that confession before, then I want to lead you in that prayer now. And you can repeat after me in your heart or you can say it out loud, but I'm going to re- I'm going to just pray right now. Father, we thank you for your son that you have given to us. That your love was manifested through Jesus, paying a price for us when we should have paid for our own sins, when we broke your law, when we broke your ways, we were the ones who should have had to have made amendments, but we weren't capable of doing that. We thank you that you've given your son to us. And so Father, we are repenting now. We're saying we're sorry for what we have done, but we're also sorry enough to change. We're sorry enough to humble ourselves and give ourselves entirely to you. So we're asking That you would give us the fullness of your spirit within us. Fill us with your spirit. Renew our lives. Give me the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. As you have forgiven us our sins. And we, we take a step of belief by confessing that we firmly believe that you have forgiven us. And that we are now free to live the life of Christ here on earth. that's the first time you've ever prayed that, or even if you are praying that once again, I want to encourage you to come and speak to me afterwards so you can tell us that you've done it so we can rejoice with you. And if you've never been baptized and made your public confession of your faith, I want to encourage you to go on the website, sign up for that. We would love to be a part of that public confession of your faith. May God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. How about you do this? If you know the person really well beside you, why don't you give them a big love hug? And if you don't really know them, you can give them a high five. God bless you. I'll see you next week.